Welcome to the Teach Me Lit podcast. I'm Sophie Tuvey and I love talking about books and helping you to revise for English literature and go deeper in the texts you're studying. What was life like for girls in Jane Austen's day? Well, we've got to use our own experiences to try and empathise with some of these female characters. And I think lockdown um, has actually done us a favour in this regard. Um, If you consider what you did in lockdown to amuse yourself, um, then actually you're going to start to see some parallels with some of these heroines in Jane Austen's novels. If you're an unmarried girl living in the 1800s, you know, your options of what to do are fairly limited because you weren't supposed to go out unchaperoned, alone. And if you lived in the country, there might only be a few families that you could see on a social level. Um, Plus, you would have to walk if a carriage wasn't available. So if it rained, you'd have to stay at home. And life was just had a very small radius, if you like. Um, unless you were more wealthy, in which case, you know, you could maybe travel further afield. Now, if thinking about lockdown, you know, many of us were dependent on a daily walk. Um, We weren't really supposed to use our cars unless it was um, essential. And so our lives became a lot smaller. And whilst, of course, we have the advantages of technology that Jane Austen certainly didn't, um, I think perhaps we all hit our limit with uh, Zoom and screens and Uh, games consoles we all sort of started to appreciate a walk or reading a book um a board game with a family member um things like that and it's interesting because obviously life for girls in Jane Austen's day was very reduced in that way um you know and in thinking about education many of us were you know learning online in lockdown um and many people found that a very frustrating experience for, for girls, unless um, your parents paid for a governess, you didn't really have much education. You were very self-dependent. You know, you if your parents had access to books, then perhaps you could read some books. But, you know, basically you're self-taught. And that's the situation for Elizabeth and Jane Bennett, for example. They're accessing books through the circulating library and through their father's library. Um, uh, but they're very much self-taught. They have no um, no one to teach them anything. Um, and so just like in lockdown, you find, you know, you hit your limit on what you can learn. I think that was very similar for, um, for girls in Austin's day as well. And I think this kind of dynamic, it really helps us understand the story. I saw a, an Amazon review of Pride and Prejudice, you know, just a bunch of people sitting in, in each other's living rooms. Um, I think it was tongue in cheek, to be fair. But yeah, essentially, that is the point. Um, that is the point that Austin's world was, you know, she was a single unmarried woman. You know, that the, the like daily routine would have been very monotonous. And that helps to explain the choices that the characters make. Because in Pride and Prejudice, we're introduced to Mr. and Mrs. Bennet sniping at each other in chapter one. Um, Mr. Bennet winding Mrs. Bennet up, pretending he's not going to visit Bingley, the new, uh, the newest eligible bachelor to move into the neighbourhood. And of course, her tearing her hair out because if Mr. Bennet doesn't visit him, then she can't. She can't be introduced to him as an acquaintance. 
um, and and they're just sniping each other because they've been married, um, presumably for twenty odd years under this same roof. They've got five daughters, and they're all just driving each other crazy. Um, and again, I think lockdown can help us understand that sort of stir crazy mentality of you know you're all confined in a a relatively small space. They're all under one roof, and you've got. Lydia and Kitty, the youngest girls, running wild with all this energy. Um, you've got Mary who keeps uh, reading out loud from sermon books uh, and practicing endlessly on the piano. Um, Jane and Elizabeth sort of find solace in each other. And Mr. Bennett just disappears to the library. Um, and poor Mrs. Bennett just keeps screeching about her poor nerves, um, imagining that she's having a nervous breakdown all the time, which, you know, is fairly understandable given their situation. So lockdown can really help us understand this this essential status of boredom that girls had to go through. And it helps us to understand why um, some things are a big deal, like a little assembly uh, where they get to meet Bingley and, and, and have dancing. These things are a big deal to this community. And it's why it's so offensive when, you know, Darcy turns up and refuses to dance with anyone, even though there's not enough partners for the girls. Um, it helps people to understand why everyone reacts so strongly against him and why that what we would see as very small news um, is actually big news for this family. But there is another reason why Bingley's moving into the neighbourhood is such big news. Um, and that's because of the Bennett's particular situation with the entail on Longbourn, which is Mr. Bennett's estate. Um, basically, there's a legal uh, stipulation that the property has to pass to the nearest male relative upon Mr. Bennett's death. And because he's had five daughters, none of them are eligible to inherit it. And it's going to pass to, um, as we find out later, Mr. Collins, who is um, one of Mr. Bennett's cousins. So it's interesting that um, they're in this situation because you've got five middle class girls. Um, you know, they, they are not really educated. They're not going to be able to have any kind of meaningful employment unless they want to sort of, I don't know, become some kind of governess to uh children in a wealthy family which you know is a kind of form of servitude really which nobody really wants um and so they can't really earn their own living they can't gain any financial independence and mr bennett hasn't saved any money for them so they have they've got no fortune at all anyway so for mrs bennett she's constantly worried what's going to happen when mr bennett dies because they won't be able to stay in longbourn it'll be passed along to this relative that at this point in the novel she doesn't really know um, and she's desperate to get the girls married. So Bingley, with four or five thousand a year, um, a good income, has moved into the neighbourhood and he's a bachelor. So instantly she's thinking, yes, if he can marry one of her girls, then this will be a game changer for them. It's a little bit like uh, Charlie Bucket's golden ticket in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory marriage is going to be the magic solution to all of life's problems um, because if if a girl gets married then she's financially secure with her husband she has more freedom to go out and about in society um, and obviously you, you actually get to leave home um, which for all these girls you know growing up in these confined circumstances was what you know they, it was the ticket they, they were waiting for 
they didn't really perhaps think much perhaps about what was going to happen after that because the sad reality was once a woman was married she usually ended up in a cycle of um pregnancy and confinement um for the next foreseeable future of her you know her, her fertile years as it were um but that i don't think that was something that they really thought about that much so basically mr bennett in visiting bingley which he which he does um opens up this acquaintance which mrs bennett is really hoping is going to result in this golden ticket um, and that's really what's going to propel the story forward and it's really important for us to always remember the smallness of the girls lives you know if um if they get an offer of marriage and they refuse it there's very few people around to you know make them any offers and it's a bit like you know today we've got social media um you know in even in our schools you know we've got schools of 800 to a thousand people so our circles are huge compared to you know these these rural girls in this rural area um if for example somebody asks us out and we say no we're not that concerned about never meeting anyone ever again but you know imagine imagine again I'm, I'm thinking back to the lockdown world imagine you've literally got you know your neighbors on your street and that's it it's going to matter a lot more isn't it it's going to matter a lot more if somebody makes you an offer or not because you're thinking gosh who else is out there um and for a family like the bennetts you know they're not moving in upper social circles they're not likely to rub shoulders with immensely wealthy people. Um, they don't have what in Austin's day is known as connections. And that's something that Bingley's sister um, and even Darcy pick up on with the Bennets, that they have poor connections. They've got, you know, family in Meryton. Um, their uncle's an attorney. They've got an uncle in Cheapside in London who's in trade. Um, and they conclude that, you know, they have no family of importance they have no connections and so for Elizabeth and Jane their prospects of marriage are not great um, because as Darcy points out it materially lessens their chances of securing a good match with the circles that they move in and so this is one reason why it becomes so important that the girls will seize every opportunity um, to marry whenever they get an offer and it's why Elizabeth's behavior is so exasperating to her mother Mrs Bennett because Elizabeth's got this headstrong desire to secure her own happiness and so Elizabeth is not going to listen to the advice of a friend like Charlotte Lucas who says you know happiness in marriage is entirely a matter of chance you know basically take whatever you can get and that's obviously what Charlotte herself does in marrying Collins Elizabeth is determined to act in the way that will secure her own happiness, which means not just marrying for money, not just going with the first offer that you get. Um, and that behaviour, of that independence of spirit um, is, is really admirable in Elizabeth, but it really makes her stand out from the other female characters in the novel. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Teach Me Lit. I'm always open to requests. So if you want me to talk about a text you're studying, get in touch. 
Thank you for listening. See you next time on the Teach Me Lit podcast.